This is Unearthed, a podcast brought to you by the WVRU News Team, and I'm your host, Audrey Kim. On a quaint Rhode Island street, amid bookstores and brunch spots, lies a storefront adorned with dildos, whips, and leather thongs. Most people walk right by it, averting their eyes and suppressing uncomfortable laughter. But reporter Ellie Morimoto and her friends went inside. Here's Ellie with the story. Three girls walk into an erotica boutique and meet an oncologist and an urban farmer. I bet you haven't heard that one before. Hello. Hi there. Um, you want to walk around first? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's super regular. It's not dark or anything. I see a lot of, like, whips. Um, it's pretty busy It smells today. good. Yeah. It smells like candy. It does smell like candy. As soon as I walked in, I felt like I was at an Apple store. There were so many packaged items that I just didn't recognize. Vibrating dildos to the left, multicolored, many-sized. To the side was a bunch of cuffs and leather belts tucked in front of rainbow whips and lacy corsets. After perusing the shop for a while, we decided to talk to a customer who was checking out the prices of some chains. What is your name? I'm Andy. Is this your first time here? No, I've been here uh, two other times. Mm -hmm. It's a very nice, cute little store. It's not sleazy. It has, like, you know, recessed lighting and everything. Andy looked to be in his mid-30s. He caught our attention with his laugh and his spunky green hat. Not only was Andy a fan of the erotica boutique, but he was an educated fan. A seasoned expert who could tell you the difference between a good and bad sex toy and what made a high-quality erotica boutique. And what what I like is that it has, like, real sex toys. It's not just, like, a novelty store where you're, like, here with a bunch of shitty dildos that are made out of plastic and you would never actually want to insert in any of your orifices. I mean, the sex toys just, like, run the gamut from, like, the, the... Super filthy ones that are on a side street in a big city with like glory holes in the back. Because there's a difference between like the novelty store where they have a bunch of like really bad porn and like some cheap sex toys and then something like this for. Yeah, yeah. And the people might here actually want to good care of like customers. Like they know a lot about like what they're They're actually knowledgeable yeah. about it and that's how they're like, oh, look at what I have in my little coat. Come here. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty really right. gross. Oh, also, Andy happened to be an oncologist. So I am. Um, I work at Rhode Island Hospital. Okay, cool. Um, are you a doctor? Yes. Cool. What kind of doctor are you? So I am doing my oncology fellowship right now. <laughs> I think like sexual wellness is a big part of um, of treating cancer patients. So especially women who've had like you know treatments for breast cancer or or uterine cancer, they often get like. The treatments often um, are detrimental to their sexual function, and so it's nice to have stores like this to sort of refer them to if they want. Andy explained how the vagina dilator was helpful for women who have had treatments for uterine cancer. I was surprised to find another function to these sex toys, which really are tied to wellness. Sexual wellness is, you know, an important part of, like, who we are. I mean, we're sexual beings. So it's nice to have a store like this rather than some seedy, nasty thing somewhere. So, yeah, that's my thought on it. 
We learned an incredible amount from a very educated customer. But now, it was time to meet the experts. But since it was the weekend before Valentine's Day, we had to wait our turn. Crazy right now, like today is busy because it's a Saturday before Valentine's Day. It might as well be the day before Christmas in our world. Yeah. So, Robert. When Rob finished up with his customer, he greeted us warmly. Hi. What's going on? Hello. Sorry about the. No worries. I know you're really busy since it's like the weekend before Valentine's Day. So we can totally just walk around with you. Yeah, yeah. We can like go no, while you're I'll working. I'll give you a quick tour of the store. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because whenever I do these, I actually want to point out some of the things about us that people may not know. Yeah, I'd love that. That'd be awesome. Rob explained how Mr. Sister was a queer-owned business and took pride that his store promoted minority-owned businesses from around the world. Um, so all our leather stuff comes from Kuki International, which is an immigrant-owned business. He buys his materials in America and sends it back to his family-owned company in Bangladesh for assembly. Our dildos themselves is from Vixen, and that's a little woman-owned company out of Austin, Texas. Everything is hand-poured in laboratory-level conditions with medical-grade materials. Their price reflects that. He also showed us the newest innovation in sex toy technology. All these WeVibe brands here, they patch into a phone app. And you can customize the vibrations in the settings to the point where you have vibration number one vibrates at speed number five for five seconds. Really get down there and make like a lover's playlist almost. So, I mean, somebody could be in like Mexico and somebody could be in New York and like they could still sort of have a connection. As you can tell, Rob knows his store inside and out. But as we began talking more about how he got into this industry, we found that his real passion was urban farming. I'm actually an urban farmer, but like if I didn't have this, I would be growing food. So in some ways it's still feeding people though. Um, and I actually went to college, I went to Rick to be an anthropology major. And I think that was the most useful tool here. Because um, in anthropology you find an object, right? But you pretty much make up a story about an object. Here, people have their story and you have to find the object that goes with the story. As I observed Rob that afternoon, it became clear that he was super dedicated to his customers. It's really no mistake that most of Mr. Sister's transactions happen in person and not online. The internet's way too impersonal. Like you can't educate somebody if they're buying something online, right? You can't really, maybe that's not really what their need is. Maybe they need something less expensive. Maybe they need something more expensive, but you can't really have that dialogue via a web order. We usually make sure we greet everybody when they walk in the door, which also immediately knocks every fear out of them because they're, they've just been greeted. And when you greet them, they immediately they either get completely scared right away and it gets it out of their system, or they go, oh, someone said hi to me. I can't be nervous, they said hi. I personally wait about 10-ish minutes unless I obviously somebody see somebody looking for something. They have that like looking face. Um, but I usually wait about 10 minutes and then I go, hey, are you looking for anything particular? Did you need anything? Every so often I'll see somebody looking at a product and I'll just talk about that product. Mm -hmm. Like if I know they're super nervous because then we're talking about a product and it's not about anything about them. And then we can slowly work into like make it a more personalized interaction. Mm -hmm. When folks are in the store and talking about like maybe doing anal stuff or something like that, get to have that dialogue and help coach them in how to have the conversation versus just like, I bought this thing, let's attempt. Because we also know that consent, I don't believe in consent, I believe in enthusiastic consent. 
Because people can say yes, but that just means they acquiesced or they feel safer saying yes or they're getting paid to say yes. Like those are all valid reasons you might consent, but that doesn't necessarily make it right. Just like Andy, Rob sees promoting sexual wellness as a way to serve and strengthen the community. Because I always want people to have um, agency over every aspect of their life. And I think sexuality and food, like control of your food system is, both of those things are really important to have agency over self. Because if you can do your own food or some percentage of it, you're buffered against job loss, you're buffered against crazy political parties, you're buffered against, you got some buffering from, from the craziness. You know what I mean? An orgasm is kind of like, you know when you first wake up and you get like a super stretch in the morning and it feels so good? I feel like an orgasm is like that times ten. Like it's like a super stretch and it sort of like can help you reset and reposition. Needless to say, these were not the conversations we were expecting to have when we first walked into Mr. Sister. And we all walked out that door with a different perspective on not just erotica stores, but sexuality as a whole. So while an erotica boutique may seem like a weird place to meet an oncologist and an urban farmer, it turns out it's just another way for people like Andy and Robert to promote health and well-being in our community. From WBRU, I'm Ellie Morimoto. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by the WBRU News Team in Providence, Rhode Island. Special shout-out to Ellie Morimoto, Elise Hart-Kipnis, John Klein, and Chris Bannon for their help. Also, big thanks to Credo Duarte and Alex Stewart for scoring our intro music, and Yashi Wang for our swanky graphics. The mission of Unearthed is to have people talk to one another, so we'd love to hear your thoughts. Leave us your comments on iTunes, or DM us on Instagram, or email us. Thank you for listening.